Hey, it's Eric G. Around the House is sponsored by Baldwin Hardware. For 75 years, Baldwin Hardware has been known for its first-class quality and craftsmanship in door and cabinetry hardware. As an alumnus of the Baldwin Hardware Design Council, I can say I have seen the details and quality from design to the finished product. If you're looking for a new style and old-world craftsmanship, I can tell you there is only one Baldwin Hardware. Check out what would look great in your home at baldwinhardware.com. It's Around the House. Today's episode is brought to you by Root Quencher and RootQuencher.com. If you want to save those trees and save water at the same time, visit RootQuencher.com and put the water right at the roots. Today's episode is an encore presentation from last October about exterior tile that you don't want to miss. We wanted to replay this one because we've had so many people asking about it. And this is a great conversation with William White on how to tile outside. RX, the company that I worked for, RX Tile and Stone, actually developed some exterior drainage systems. Now, this is really unique because we are actually able to do tile on exterior decks. And and that's where most people have shied away from because decks move, wood structures move. When it comes to remodeling and renovating your home, there is a lot to know, but we've got you covered. This is Around the House. Welcome to the Around the House show. This is where we talk everything about your home every single week. Thanks for joining us today. We've got a special guest in the studio, William White from Ardex, man. Welcome back to Around the House. Thank you, Eric. Good times, brother, having you back on. And this is going to be a good time. I wanted to talk about something that we haven't actually ever tackled on Around the House. And being that I've been on the show for coming up on, geez, what, eight, nine years now, that's not a lot of topics. So this is a fresh one. All right. What I think is cool about this is that we have not ever talked about exterior tile because we dive into the inside stuff. But we're seeing more and more exterior tile out there. And it is something that... Much like a bathroom, you really have to plan this out for it to work correctly. I agree 100%. And I would add to that that, you know, with COVID, some of the things, the outcome of COVID was people weren't going on vacations. Suddenly they did have, you know, money that they maybe slotted away for vacation, but you couldn't go. They were stuck in their houses. And all of a sudden you saw this surge in the DIY I'm stuck at home. I'm finally going to start tackling some of those projects that I've put off forever. And one of those outcomes was investing into that outdoor space, that outdoor entertaining. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, there's the barbecue. Yeah, you might mount a TV outside. Yeah, you might, you know, do this, do that, add some lights. And then tile really finishes off that space. Yeah. Unfortunately... Tile exterior is one of the most difficult installations because there's a lot of factors that you have to think about. It's funny. I just saw today on a social media site, I'm in a bunch of different home improvement groups, and there was a contractor in there trying to advertise his wares in the Colorado market down there. And this guy's like, hey, I do perfect tile work. This is great. I look at the picture. He's got Home Depot concrete board up on the wall. He has that blue foundation waterproofing on the joints. Only. Okay. Only on the joints. Okay. On the seams of the backer board. 
Yep, seams of the backer board. That's it. And I can only see the mastic because it's half installed. You can tell he's in the middle of it. I can't see the mastic above the one tile. So you know that it's, is he dabbing the back? What's he? And I'm like, okay, this is some professional. And I'm going to use big air quotes for professional. Exactly. That is out there selling his wares going, I do perfect tile. And I'm looking at this thing going, man, you got a tiled bench. You have all these places. They're going to be water intrusion problems. And you buddy aren't even getting the shower, right? Yeah. Yeah. Showers can be tricky. And some of those same general practices of doing tile in a shower, which a lot of, you know, a lot of contractors, whether you're a general contractor or remodeler, as well as homeowners have tackled, you know, a shower. And as long as you follow the process and, and do everything involved, especially waterproofing, it can, you know, most of the time there can be a fair amount of success there. Yeah. As we transition to outside, you know, there's there's kind of two different applications, right? You've got horizontal and vertical. Mm-hmm. So depending on if you're maybe tiling, maybe around the barbecue or something like that. Sure. That's one place that, you know, it's a little easier. But as soon as you start going horizontal and now you're having to deal with rain, sun, expansion, contraction, waterproofing. I mean, all these things come into play. That's where it starts to get a little tricky. And even more so if you're on a floor that has any kind of flex on it as well. Movement. Yeah. Any kind of movement. And, you know, people don't many times design that outside deck to not move like the surface inside your home is, for instance. So exactly. And there are approved ways to install tile on wood interior yep the only approved way per the tcna handbook tile council of north america the only approved way per that handbook to install tile exterior is a floating mud bed so you're talking two and a half inches of mud waterproofing on top of that waterproofing below it tile on top of that i mean you're, you're talking about a massive amount of material some incredible skills to be able to pull that off and make it flat and and have proper pitch and just the amount of weight that that adds to a structure. So that's technically the only approved method. Now, interesting, Artex does have some options that that get away from that mud bed and, mm-hmm. and can do some things. Um, but that's where you're getting a little more advanced. Um, I think the place where most people start is maybe like a front porch or an entryway or yeah. something like that. That's That's where a lot of people will start dabbling and taking their, taking a stab at doing some tile. And, you know, you're typically direct to concrete, you Mm -hmm. know, most front, front porches are concrete, generally speaking. Yeah. If you're a tile, yes. I mean, otherwise it's just a wood, you know, it's just a wood porch or something like that. But yeah, I agree. You know, and a lot of times that entryway is fully covered or semi covered. So you're not talking about necessarily a lot of direct exposure. Mm -hmm. And in that situation, as long as you get really good coverage. And when I talk about coverage, what I'm saying is, is the amount of mortar when you've combed it out on the substrate and set a tile down, you have to pick that tile back up and look at the bottom side of it. And you want to see 95% coverage. Let me tell you, that's a minimum is 95% coverage for exterior tile. That means really, really good. So where I see a lot of people make mistakes in that instance 
is that they're using a $10 bag of mud that they go down to the box <laughs> store and buy. And you're cheap, cheap, leaning cheap. on that way too heavy. <laughs> and you're relying on a $10 bag of mud to do something really special. And it just doesn't have the ability. And that's where stepping up and buying a really premium product is going to help out a lot. And also understanding, asking some questions, I'm going to be using this application exterior. What's what's the best product? And, you know, depending on where you live, that may play a factor too. Are yeah. we talking about sunny Southern California? Or are we talking about, as you mentioned, Colorado, where you're 100 in the summer, but you're negative whatever in the winter. You know, you've got Sheesh, these massive- I've seen 50 degree swings in Colorado in an in afternoon. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, and that's crazy, but that's that's what happens. And what's ironic is, is people go traditionally, they pick out the tile because they go, oh, that's pretty. How do I install yep. it? But they even forget about, okay, what happens when this tile gets wet? Maybe it's damp. Maybe you're in a beach area and it gets sand on it. I mean, what you got to think about what's going to be on the surface of that. So you pick the right tile before we even get into setting it. (laughs) True. And understanding slip coefficient. So some tiles are rated to be in, in wet environments, you know, because they're, they're going to help to eliminate that slipping and falling hazard, which, you know, heaven forbid, you know, you've got the grandparents coming over to to visit and one of them takes a dive on the front porch before they even hit the house. Like that, that kind of ruins the day for everybody. Maybe that's so, how you get rid of the door-to-door salesman out there is you put the polished Carrera marble and a little bit of a sprinkler out there that you turn on as you see him heading up the driveway. And yeah. then I'll talk to you if you can make it to the door. That's <laughs> true. It's true. But, you know, think about those things like, like, and is a tile exterior rated? Is it freeze-thaw yeah. rated? You know, you, you mentioned Carrera. If you're not taking notes, don't worry. You can always catch the podcast on any podcast player around the house. We'll be right back after these important messages. Don't go anywhere. What's up? This is Dick and Satchel from Steel Panther. And you are listening to Around the House with Eric G. Yeah. We love Eric G and you should too. Welcome back to the Around the House show. If you want to get a hold of me, it's really easy. Head over to aroundthehouseonline.com and you can catch me over there. Just a contact us page and that lands in my inbox and I'm there to help. Now let's get back to our conversation with William White. We're talking everything about doing tile outdoors for your outdoor kitchen, patio or front steps. You mentioned Carrera. You know, me personally, I would would really question somebody putting natural stone outside um, especially with the porcelain tile that we have nowadays that i mean when i can be fooled by some of the products that are manufactured in porcelain and i have to walk up and touch them to see is that really a stone or is it not i mean they've gotten so good that honestly why would you want to put something outside i see people put slate outside all the time and i'm like no. That is like the worst material oh. to put outside, in my personal Flaky, opinion. nasty. Yes. It's just so hard to take care of. Get a little water underneath of it, and those layers Boom. start shaling off. 
Yeah. I mean, it's also so porous that water absorbs right straight through it, gets underneath yep. of it, soaks the mortar. And then what happens when water expands Boom. or when it freezes, it expands and yep. you start popping tiles. I mean, well, it's just. Yeah. Why would you want to lean that hard on your waterproofing anyway and sit out there and on your ceiling? Go, okay. I sealed this a year ago. By the time you realize that you should have sealed it, you're, Again. You're sw- you're, yeah, you're putting another one in there and oh, it's got a lifetime warranty seal. No, it doesn't. You just wore the top of that soft thing off. You know, it's, there's only so far that's going to go. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's one of the big mistakes I see people make is selecting the wrong material. You know, that, that plays a huge part in it, you know, and sometimes that's where stepping up to a dedicated tile distributor is going to be able to provide you with a little better guidance than say, you know, like, like the box store, yeah. you know, cause they may not be experienced enough to be able to answer those questions specific to an exterior application. That's where going to, you know, a, a design center or something like that, where, where they specialize in flooring. Typically those people can steer you the right direction. They can say, okay, we'll stay away from here. These aren't the right ones. You want to, you want to be looking at these, but that can be helpful. Well, and on top of it, the box store doesn't have too many products in that building that are even rated for what you want to do. Uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to say with all the difference, you know, across the nation. Who knows? Maybe there is one that has it. But from what it I see be, around. But I'm just saying it's, it's a <laughs> find. It's a big ask. From what I find around here, you're correct. No, they, they don't have the education and they also don't have the products. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we'll go back to that front porch as an example. If you're sitting there in that front porch, you got the tile picked out. Okay. This isn't going to, you know, grandma's not going to break an arm or get a head injury with this. Okay. So this is safe. And I've got this, you know, kind of, maybe it's an old 50 year old concrete or a hundred year old concrete front step that you want to put tile over. I know so many people get out there with the broom, they brush it off, they mix up the mortar and off they go. There's a little more to that sometimes on the prep work than what you might think. I'm going to say it starts a day before that. I want to go out there with a pressure washer the day before I'm going to start my installation. I'm going to pressure wash 50 years, 100 years of grime and moss and whatever else out. You know, blast that off the surface. Also, that's going to blow off any latency, any any flaking concrete, anything like that. Chalkiness. yeah, chalkiness. It'll it'll show me if there's any places I need to make some repairs, possibly beforehand, because there are products that can go in and patch that. Sure. And then you got to let it dry. So maybe maybe it's a couple of days before. Who knows? Maybe yeah. it's the weekend before, and you you know do all your pressure washing, get things nice and clean. That way, you know when you start the project next the next Saturday, all you do have to do is sweep. Yeah, there you go. Now, I know I've dealt with repairing foundations. And when I would put, you know, uh, like a high strength mortar mix in there to patch that, we'd always wet that down beforehand so it wouldn't pull the moisture out. How do you deal with that when it comes to tile? Because I know this is a whole different subject we're talking about versus putting on a high strength concrete versus, you know, some kind of mortar that you're dealing with. Actually, you'd be surprised that, that, you know, giving that surface just a damp sponge. We don't want standing water. Yep. We actually call it 
SSD, surface saturate dry. So we want to rub the surface a little bit with some water, Mm -hmm. but we don't want any puddling. So we do want it to be dry when we apply our mortar. So that's never a bad idea because like you said, the thirsty concrete or foundation wants to rob that mortar, the water from the mortar, and it'll make it dry and difficult to work with. So if you can, you know, help that out and, you know, give the, give the concrete a drink first, splash some water on there, just make sure you don't have puddling. That's a great way to start. There you go. There you go. So of course you're going to sit there and start laying tile after you get all that prep work, you know, you've got things taking a look at you of course got to check out to make sure that that porch is sloping the right way you know what i mean just to make sure that it's not tipping back towards the house so you've got you know all of a sudden you're creating a swimming pool up there versus a a front porch you know make sure that's all going the right way and i guess you're right because you can't really assume right we we all know what our fathers taught us about assume So oh, yeah. you know my dad, so you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so throwing a level on there and just making sure that maybe things haven't settled. You know, yeah. maybe it did have pitch and now it's dead flat. Well, dead flat isn't going to be good. We we're going to have to add some slope back in there, and and you know there are products that are designed for exterior use that can create that sloping mm-hmm. because you're right. You do want water going away from the structure, away from the house, and that's how we keep you know things dry and keep rot away just shed that water off you know and for our listeners so you understand that concrete especially when you have that big front porch stoop out there you're putting thousands of pounds out there and guess what that foundation in many cases was dug out so did they and backfilled you know, and backfilled and so out where the end of the steps are that's virgin earth that doesn't have a lot of place to compact but the stuff up against the foundation maybe they didn't get in there and compact that correctly so that's why that tends to lean back towards the house and now's the time to fix it if you need to absolutely absolutely and then so once we get into that really we start getting into starting to lay tile yeah yeah then it is time to start laying tile so when it comes down to it you got to sit there and lay your tile out first figure out where you're going to start and stop before you even start ripping that bag open yeah layout is king right so we always when we're looking at tile installations we want centered and balanced that's kind of the the guiding principle to tile is centered and balanced and when we lay out we want to have our cuts so that we typically have more than half of a tile if we have to make a cut. So that's the general rule of layout is is centered and balanced. And if there are cuts that they're over half of a tile. Now, if you have like some funny L shape or something like that, and you have a couple little slivers here or there, that's okay because you're not going to hit everything all the time. But just as guiding principles, centered and balanced, and then your cuts, any cuts that you have are larger than half of the tile. Now that's great advice around the house. We'll be right back after these very important messages. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Ron Keel, the Metal Cowboy from Keel, the Ron Keel Band and Steeler. We are rocking around the house with Eric G. Raise your fist, make your stand. Welcome back to the Around the House show. If you want to find out more information about us, head over to aroundthehouseonline.com. Now let's get back to our conversation about exterior tile with William White. 
little itty bitty on the edge. And, and if you've got a step, maybe that's got a couple different stairs, you don't want that little itty bitty on the edge because you're going to roll that thing right off of there. There's only so much you can exactly. do. So you want to make sure you got enough material to hold that yep. on there. Yep. And then once you've got your layout established, you know, I personally like to use a straight edge or I'll even put my level down and then put a couple mm-hmm. boxes of tile on that. And I use that as a straight edge. And then I'll actually set my tile up against that, that nice straight level or, or L screed or yep. whatever I'm using. Um, and that just makes sure that everything stays nice and straight on that, on that course, right in front of the front door. There's nothing worse than coming up and going, wow, that's hooking to the left by <laughs> three eighths of an inch. And man, it's going to look worse than what you started. Yeah. Cause it's just going to mess yeah. with everybody walking up to the front. And, door. and that's why I like to use a straight edge as opposed to just maybe snapping a chalk line um, and trying to stack off of a, of a chalk line. I like to use that straight edge. Yep. A lot of times, if I don't have a straight edge, like I said, I just throw my level down there, put a couple boxes of tile on it, holds it nice and in place. And then I tile on the other you're side. Good. Yep. Yeah. And you're good. Okay. So now that we've got layout figured out, we're going to start laying some tiles down. Of course, I'm going to, I've learned well, I'm going to throw the Ardex down, but really what are you starting to look out there as far as the right material for an exterior application. So there are some specifics when it comes to exterior rated mortars. Um, and yep. uh, if you look on the bags of mortar, look for something that says it's an ANSI 118.15. A 118.15 mortar means that it's a high performance polymer modified cement based mortar. With it being that high performance, it goes through some rigorous testing that says that it will survive in an exterior application. Now, like I said earlier, that's not a $10 bag of mortar. You're going to have to jump up considerably in price. But think about it. This is your investment. You're wanting to do tile outside. You have to pay the price. Exactly. So you go through, get all your tiles set. You got the mortar mixed up right. You're set. You're good to go. Now the the, the world of grout comes into this. And exterior, you're asking a lot out of a grout. So I, what are your recommendations? Yeah, there's there? actually one step that comes before that though, before the grouting, and this is going to sound odd to you, I know, but before grouting uh-huh. is all of our expansion joints. So because the sun tile is just a covering over top, the, let's use mm-hmm. this concrete as an example. You've got a, a yep. concrete block poured in place. It's two feet thick or whatever it is by, you know, 10 feet long. That's a solid monolithic mass of concrete. It is, it is sure. dimensionally stable. It doesn't move very much. The mm-hmm. tile, oh, I picked some pretty black porcelain to put out there, or the wife did. <laughs> <laughs> now, that tile covering is going to expand and contract at a different rate than the, than the substrate below it. So, to counter mm-hmm. that we have to put in what are called expansion joints. And expansion joints are simply just a silicone caulking joint completely around the perimeter because we don't want the tile, we want the tile to be able to have the ability to move as mm-hmm. well as occasionally we may have to put them in the field. So there are there are standards out there that tell us how often those have to be. Typically, it's not to exceed like eight to 10 feet Um, in either direction for exterior tile. And that's, so what I like to do personally is I like to take care of all of my expansion joints before I grout. 
And that's because once ah. I get going grouting, sometimes I forget about those expansion joints. I get grout down in there. Then I'm trying to dig the grout back out. So if I just yeah. think about that beforehand, do it the day that I, you know, set that last Smart. piece of tile. Then when I go to do my grouting, I'm also not getting dirty grout water into those joints, which would then be a bond ah. breaker for the silicone. Yep. That makes sense. And that way you don't forget, you still go exactly. through and, and, and brainlessly keep grouting, right? That's what all it. of us I've do. I've done it. I've learned. Oh yeah, <laughs> same. You know, you're oh. in grout mode because I want to get done. There. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you're wrapping it up. The, the mental math there is I got to get this box checked and let's get it done and get it yep. done right. So, so that, that ends up having a, you know, you get it in there, cleaned up. You got a really nice product product there the grout though what are you going to use for a grout because i know i don't want people going in and buying that 12 dollar box from the from the home center and expecting it to perform for again them. just like we were talking about with the mortars there are the inexpensive mortars that that you can buy at a box store or buy anywhere i mean you can even go to a tile distributor and buy a 10 dollar bag sure. well the same thing goes for grout you know that these anytime you're doing exterior you you're going to have to step up and get better products and that goes for the grout as well um so typically i'm looking for again back to use these ansi standards a 118.7 yep. that means it's been industry tested to be a high performance cement based grout um and yep. what that does is again they've tested it against porosity freeze thaw stability so and and as an added bonus out of that a lot of times you can actually pick up some stain resistance as well which is never a bad thing to have in your grout as well especially on an exterior application absolutely. where it's going to get beat from everything yeah, absolutely so look for so i know people go ahead i know people like to jump in and go oh i'm gonna go epoxy or something like that on that is that something that they should think about doing outside i know there's going to be pluses and minuses to you that. know Typically, epoxies outside. I, I'm not necessarily a fan of exterior epoxy. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little one. It's a little overkill. You know, is it is yep. it truly necessary? I use epoxy when I want the maximum in stain and chemical resistance. Now, is that what I'm really facing on my front porch? Not really. No. So, and it epoxy grouts require you know, a little more attention to detail, maybe some more experience. This isn't going to be your first first time taking a stab at epoxy grout on your front porch. So, exactly. you know, I, I really do think that these high-performance cement-based grouts are honestly over time going to hold up much, much better than epoxy grouts in that type application. I always worried about epoxy and UV. Am I going to get a color change out of that with UV? Is something, if I've got a lighter grout, is that going to yellow with time? You just don't know sometimes with, with some of those products that anytime you use something that's got any kind of composite in it out there, UV can be your enemy. Someday. Absolutely. And, you know, there can be yellowing that can occur. Now, does that typically break down the epoxy? No, it's typically just an aesthetic thing. Um, but again, why go through all the effort and then, you know, two years down the road, have it turn yellow on you. I wouldn't be very happy. And that's why I typically tend to steer away from those kind of products. Makes yeah. sense. All right. So let's go to another part of the house. Let's say we're going to do that big back patio that's going to the pool. Okay. Okay. 
And I have seen some new systems out there. Maybe you're using the larger format tiles. Maybe you're using even the bigger porcelain format tiles. I have seen some cool pedestal systems and stuff out there that seem really cool, but I haven't ever used them before. So it's something that I look at and go, hey, that's sexy cool. I don't know. I haven't played with it yet. They look sexy cool. Are they really? Um, Yeah. So with pedestals, so these are plastic pedestals that typically are adjustable in height in some way or fashion. And they... Mm -hmm you'll have four tiles share one pedestal. So the, the corner of the tile just sits on there of each of four tiles. And they can be, there's a time and place for them. I wouldn't say that it's all the time or, and every place. Um, where I see pedestals being very, very successful are rooftop decks where you've already got yep. existing air conditioning lines, things like that, that are running across the roof. And so if you elevate up off that roof deck, you can still have all those electrical and refrigerant lines running across there and your tile is suspended above it. Also, a lot of times on rooftop decks, they're pitched in such a manner that you don't want to follow that pitch in the substrate. You want to have a flat deck. Don't go anywhere around the house. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Around the House show. Now let's get back to our conversation with William White from Ardex as we finish up talking about exterior tile. No, you actually want an angular surface to that to that aggregate, um, and that helps the Portland cement actually get a bite to the edges of it and hold it all together. So don't use river rock in your concrete. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Fence post holes, fine. Foundation, no. Well, that's fascinating, man. And, you know, it's one of those things that I think that tile outside is beautiful you know and maybe it's not where you put the saltillo tile out there but at least in our climate you can do yeah if you're if you're yep. in arizona there's nothing wrong with doing saltillo tile outside right if you're in our area ain't gonna work folks yep ain't gonna work. yeah if you're if you're above the frost line that's a no-go so cool and, and i've seen so many exterior tile applications before we head out here i'd love what we're starting to see on wall surfaces now exterior as far as using large format pieces of tile and some of the decorative stuff outside it's really coming back style wise well and what i like about it is that um on some high rises now they're doing these gauged porcelain panels which a single piece of tile can be five foot by ten foot the cool thing about these these giant porcelain tiles is the way that they're making them that you can, they're literally graffiti proof. You can spray paint on them and it'll pressure washer, ain't gonna hurt pressure it. wash right off. And it's like, it's like, because I know everyone deals with graffiti, especially in downtown type situations and having yep. some of these products that, that are just aesthetically beautiful, because like I said, they're getting porcelains to the point now where I have to walk up and touch it. To know if it's real or not. It could be steel. It could be wood. It could be anything. anything. And they've got these patterns that repeat, you know, it'll take, you know, a gauged porcelain. And by the way, they flip it and turn it and flip it and turn it. And the several different series. I mean, you may be able to get six, six, eight tiles away before you have a repeat in a tile. And if these tiles are 
10 feet long, you're talking 60 feet away. You're not going to see that repeat in a pattern. Yeah. I mean, just where they're going with, with some of this tile cladding is, it's just amazing to see. It is. Yeah. It's super cool. So I saw here at uh, my old radio station, they were redoing the lobby. Mm-hmm. And so they were doing the, I think they were like five by nine okay. panels on the floor. Okay. okay. Which I was watching them set it and I was going, oh man, oh man. Cause I was walking up the elevators, getting in and looking at that and going, oh, I walked by it the next day when they'd opened that uh-huh. up. And I could feel every lip on about four of the panels. Oh, yeah. See, and now this is where we're definitely out. And of, they had to bust those things yep, up. Yep. This is where we've definitely left the DIY zone when you're talking about tiles that are five foot by 10 foot. This is this is where even professionals. Yeah. I mean, I was at a five day training last week where all they were dealing with was these gauged porcelain tiles, these five foot by 10 foot. And, and now they're the manufacturers are even pushing to get bigger than 10 foot. I mean, it's going to, I think I, the, the largest tile now is 164 inches in length. <laughs> so we, we've definitely. That slab countertop material larger than the XL slabs. We've yeah. definitely left the DIY zone, but some of the advantages are just so amazing. And contractors are now starting to buy in. I mean, like I said, I was at a five-day training last week where there were contractors coming from all around the country to attend this training to learn how to work with and fabricate and move and install these really ginormous tiles. But you're like you said though, there's nothing more durable than that. And that's application if it's set. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's just going to be super durable. You don't have grout lines and uh it's just one of those things that works. These here they had to go in and bust a couple panels out. And I was just like Ooh. I came by and I, I caught it with my shoe and I went, mm-hmm. oh that's that's ugly. not gonna work. That's well and and with even on a commercial job. And with this gauge porcelain, it also lends itself to showers and bathroom applications residentially just as well. Because think about if you could have your shower wall in one piece of porcelain for the entire back wall, one for the side yep. wall, one for the other side wall. I mean, huh, kind of like my house, right? Kind of like your house. I mean, it, it suddenly it takes maintenance down to nothing, nothing. And that's where using... Yeah. Gauge porcelain on the walls, epoxy grout on your floor with a mosaic. And now you've got something that I wouldn't say maintenance. Just describe my shower. <laughs> I wouldn't say maintenance free, but I would say that's the lowest maintenance you can ever get right there. Man, I tell you what, and you're right, because, you know, I've got the the slab porcelain, more of a countertop material, but it's the same thing. Yep. yep. And I've got that, the side panels, my ceiling pieces in there, too. I tell you what, that was a that was a dance that you were there for, <laughs> William. I'll gladly uh, uh, not be there when putting twelve millimeter porcelain on a ceiling, half inch porcelain on a ceiling. Yeah, that was not fun. <laughs> yeah, that was pushing my my, and I had two I had two professionals there that were that were helping, and it was their project, and I was helping them to be honest, and that was all. I mean. When you're trying to get the back panel in and I have to take the light bulbs out of the light bar just to be able to swing it around and get it in yeah. over our heads, it's not a good day. Yeah. So, I mean, big tiles, they, they can prevent or present some, some really interesting challenges. Uh, but I think some of the benefits that they provide are, are going to be really fun to see what guys do with them in the future. 
Yeah. Like in my house, we actually created the template and we actually did a walk in the door, up the stairs, around the corner, around the other corner to see if we could actually get that in the room. A practice run with just the template. Just a template yeah. because I wasn't sure if we were going to get that in the bathroom or not. We, it was close. And that's taking the bathroom door off, taking the bedroom door off, right? I mean, I mean off. oh yeah, it was it was stripped down. I mean, it was like okay, I might have to take drywall out because I'll patch drywall if I got to get this in there. Yeah, yeah. So there are some interesting challenges to it, but uh, it, it'll be fun to see where so where tile goes. Yeah. Hey, one thing before we go, I don't know if you caught the episode with uh, our friend Amber. She was challenging you to get down and. Uh, get down to Colorado Springs and teach her uh, how to do a shower in her other That's bathroom. That's right. She has one more bathroom to finish up. And uh, I did. I made Amber a promise that uh, that I would teach her how to tile her own bathroom so that she could show up that very shoddy contractor who came into her house and did some bad work. And then everything ensued from there. But uh yeah, so that's you mean that convicted felon contractor yeah. that went in there that I can say yeah, that that now? guy, that guy, yeah, um, you know that that whole project really it hit home with me because I thought about my mom and my sister, and if if somebody did that to them, like I, I would be, I'd be incredibly upset. I mean, that's that's where my defensiveness kicks in, and and all I wanted to do yep. with Amber was just, uh, I mean inviting someone to work in your house is the most intimate space. And, and he took advantage of that. And I just, I felt strongly and I'm glad that my company, Artex America's backed us, provided all the materials. And we were actually able to go in there and fix her shower and, and put things back together. In fact, my buddy, Jason McDaniels is actually in Memphis, Tennessee doing another bathroom rescue where some contractors did some shady work, some shoddy work. And he's actually fixing another bathroom right now as we speak, man, here we go again. Right. But we'll close with this. The problem is, is there are some absolutely stunning people out there doing beautiful bathrooms. And there's that small percentage out there that gives such a bad name to all the skilled professionals out there doing it. Yeah, I would say if you're ever hiring a tile contractor, ask for references. And and the thing is, is that looking at photos may not always tell the entire story. But when you talk to somebody who's actually had that contractor in their house, it tells much more of a story. And I always viewed when I was a tile contractor, I viewed my customers as friends. When I left that project, mm-hmm. I was friends with nearly every single one of them. And that's just the kind of relationship that I like to develop with my customers. So, you know, ask for references. I think that's the best thing that you can do. And if they've got a CTI number, right, that doesn't hurt. CTI also check with a contractor's board. If if you have one in your jurisdiction, check with a contractor's board, see what their standing is like with the construction bureau. You know, there's lots of things that you can do. Absolutely. And listen to the hour one episode of the show that just aired before this, as we talk about how to hire a contractor. (laughs) If you missed that hour, there we go. There you go. Absolutely. All right. William White, my friend, Artex Americas, thanks for coming on today, man, and giving me a load of information for all of our listeners out there that have been tuning in today. Thanks for coming on again. Always a good time with you, my friend. 
All right. Well, thanks for coming on, brother. And uh, all the information for him will be in the show notes on the podcast here, or you can catch it over at AroundTheHouseOnline.com. All right. I'm Eric G. And for William White, you've been listening to Around the House. Life is a love song. Let's be lovers. We're all over the radio. Take my hand. I know where to go. All over the radio with you. Hey, it's Eric G. from Around the House. Are you planning a decking or siding project this year? If you are, you've got to check out my friends at Millboard. Millboard is a completely different kind of composite decking and cladding that enhances outdoor spaces with enduring distinction. Hand-molded from the finest oak, it realistically mimics the natural grain and color of premium hardwood. If you're looking for something that doesn't look like plastic and instead real wood, check out Millboard.com. Make sure and check out that interview we did just a few weeks back. That's Millboard.com.